Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. And with this being said this morning, I want you to understand that I am so excited uh, just coming again to come and be a blessing to you and to release God's counsel concerning your life and also to make sure that everything that God enacted for us as a covenant child of God, that we'll be able to enjoy that very particular reality this season, uh, this time in the name of Jesus. And so with this being said this morning, for those of you who are, who are platform members, you know to that today we'll be talking on the title that by the grace of God we've titled it as a covenant responsibility ah uh, you see for me that that very particular title is something that 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 by the time the Holy Spirit was working on this three weeks ago I remember three weeks ago here and he was saying say to my children that they have a covenant responsibility just by the fact that they are my sons and my daughter there is a covenant responsibility that has been leveled upon us in every fears of our life either in our business either in our family either in our career either in the works of our hand either in our community either in our church or whatever there is a covenant responsibility as much as the world says System has their own responsibility we also as the body of Christ we have a responsibility that has been placed on us for us to be for us to be able to enjoy the rested life and so the theme of this very particular message is called operating in the covenant and so the title of my message is called covenant responsibility in activating the rested life ah I want you to say it one more time and if you can quickly tweet that to me to really bless me covenant responsibility in activating the rested life you know too well you see when this very particular message was coming the, the example that came to my head was the fact that do you know that by the time you go to a telecom uh provider and you want to get a sim card the first thing that happened the sim card nothing is wrong with the sim card but for the fact that the SIM card has not been fully activated in South Africa, we call it, it has to be recard. For the fact that the SIM card has not been fully activated, ability for you to enjoy the benefit of that SIM card. Yes, the SIM card is in your hand. But because it has not been activated, you may not be able to enjoy the fullness of what the SIM card carry. And this is the thing about a SIM card, is the fact that it has no respect for the phone that it's going to be plugged into. The same thing also with the covenant of God. It has no respect for anybody. It has no respect for any person. It has no respect for tribe. It has no respect for nationality. It has no respect from even color or race. It's only the respect of principle and covenant. And so when the SIM card is placed in the phone and it is activated, then you now begin to enjoy all the apps and the plugins and whatever that is in that very particular phone. So this morning, I want you to open your heart because as we are about to go into the message this morning, I pray this morning that your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened for you to see what God has made available for you in the name of Jesus. I decree this morning that as we are about to go deep into the world, 
word of God, that your mind will be able to receive God's counsel. Your mind will be able to, to apply the principle therein so that you can be able to walk in your rested life. Spirit of the Most High God, I bring my voice before you. I humbly bow myself, O Lord, to the throne of grace. And I say, Father, use me, O Lord, to bring your counsel to your people. Let them hear Christ from my mouth. Let them not hear me. Let them not hear my own opinion. But let them hear God's counsel from my mouth in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. So you will give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. And with this being said this morning, family, I want you to understand that God is on the business of lifting people. God is on the business of lifting people. He wants to lift your life. He wants to lift your family. He wants to lift your business. And for you, probably you are streaming and you say you've lost a lot of stuff. And it looks as if, is God interested in my life for me to be able to regain all that I have lost? Obviously, God is interested in lifting people. But the thing there is the fact that we need to constantly align ourselves with his principle. Constantly align ourselves with his business. Constantly align ourselves with the things in which God wants us to do. But this is the thing here that I want you to understand. Is the fact that until we align our mind, our thought, our pattern with the covenant that operates with this grace that we currently carry. See, the grace is a, is a covenant message. It's a message that if you believe... It's a message that if you agree, it's a message that if you're willing to apply the principle daring, you will be able to see all the things that pertains to your life come in fullness. And all of a sudden, you begin to enjoy rest like never before. One of the things in which I say here, I say ignorance can still be looming about around the church and make us feel as if God is not operational. The Bible says, in the days of ignorance, a God overlook. But I like saying, I said, in the days of ignorance, yes, God overlook, but the devil takes advantage. The devil does take advantage. If you do not know how to appropriate some certain principle in your marriage, in your family, in your finance, even in, in everything in which you do, each, each, each aspect of your life carry its own system and structure. If you do not know how to apply the divine principle concerning that very particular space, before you know what is going on, God's grace is available to restore. But because you are not awakened to the grace that is available to restore, to help you, the devil takes advantage of your ignorance. And I pray this morning that every place in which you have bled in your life, simply because you've not aligned your thought to the principle of God, I decree this morning that the grace for restoration will hit you in the name of Jesus. What is the thing which we need to understand when it comes to the concept of covenant of God? It is a covenant that when we pluck ourselves into it, God's faithfulness is committed to perform. As far as God is concerned, everything that he wants to give us is already available by his son through the cross of Calvary. But until we are awakened to that consciousness that this one is available for me, what do I need to do to get this very particular thing? I like saying to people, I say for those who give their life to Christ for the very first time, I like saying that welcome to the family of rest. But do you know something about welcoming into the family of rest? Is the fact that the resources is wide available. The resources are wide. Whatever you want to eat is available in the family of rest. But until you are waking to the consciousness that if you want prosperity rest, there are principles in prosperity. When I mean prosperity, I'm talking about godly kingdom prosperity. I'm not talking about the secular prosperity. I'm talking about the, the kingdom prosperity. There are principles that applies to that side. If you want to talk about rest in your marriage, there are principles that needs to be, I mean, for you to be able to apply there. If you want to talk about rest in your health, there are principles that you need to apply. Yes, you are in the house. 
But now you now need to be able to walk into every rooms that is in the house. The room of prosperity is there. You just need to walk into that and do what needs to happen or do what you need to do to activate that very particular thing to happen in your life. And so based on this very particular thing, I want to say the kingdom prosperity does not respond to prayer and fasting. Oh my dear, it doesn't respond to prayer and fasting. I know too well that you will say, yes, um, I, I, I have, I have, I have um, what's it called? I, I, I pay my tithe, I do my all those things and co. I hear you, those things are very needed when it comes to activating the spiritual part to make the physical work for you. But let me shock you, if all you do is prayer and fasting alone, binding the devil in your finance, without you applying the principle for finance, trust me, it will not come to pass. When I bump into this very particular thing years back by God's servant, Bishop David Oedekbo, when he said this very particular thing, it blesses my heart. All of a sudden, I know that for me to activate the financial principle concerning my life, to be a covenant carrier of God's wealth upon my life, I need to be able to apply the principle therein that rests in the kingdom practice. And all of a sudden, when my eyes open to that reality, before I know what was going on, the place in which I think that I will be begging all of a sudden, I now become those who lend to people. The place where I thought that people would come to, 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 to favor me, all of a sudden, I become someone who favors people. Because why? I was awakened to that very particular thing. Kingdom prosperity, it has its own principle. It does not have a respect for your 21 days prayer and fasting. It has a respect for seed time and harvest. Your business to plant is always there. Your business for you to say, to go to the office, pay your dues, do what you need to do, and yet you are being blessed with salary. Your part has to be played. But with this understanding this moment, as we begin to look deep down into the things that God wants us to do, let's go into our test for this morning so that we can then begin to acquaint ourselves with the possibility that is daring. As I begin to bring six points, we need to operate. There are a lot of points, but because of this morning's service, six points that we need to be able to appropriate God's kingdom I mean, God's covenant principle to operate in that place for us to be able to activate ourselves into the rested life that God has marked for you and also has marked for me. With this very particular one being said, um, I see a lot of people already sending me, uh, sending my family happy anniversary for our one year. I just want to say it's tomorrow, but I almost thank you so much. I thank you, every one of you who've been sending us SMSs and messages. I want you to know that we seriously appreciate you. Thank you very much. Tomorrow, I expect some of you guys who wants to bless us with a car. I think I remember I was saying to one of the members yesterday, I said, um, in case if you want to bless me with a car, I like it. There is a particular car I post on my Facebook. Uh, that very particular, you can choose out of the very particular three cars that it was there. But nonetheless, just for the fact that you guys are praying for us at this very particular point in time, where marriages are failing, but God has been able to sustain us this very particular year. I know people who got married this year whereby their marriage has failed. And so for us, it is not something that I want to take for granted. It is something that I want to say to God be the glory. And I know too well that for the fact that he has helped us this one year, I've been married to my wife for the past one year, and currently two years knowing her thus far, and it has been a blessed marriage. And I know too well for those of you who are partnered with us in this commission, your marriage will never run dry in the name of Jesus. The freshness in which we enjoy in marriage, you will also enjoy that freshness in the name of Jesus. 
I don't care how old your marriage is. I don't care what is the trouble that is currently affecting your marriage. But one of the things in which I know, for the fact that I have never woke up one morning to regret marrying my wife, that same grace of that same grace where I cannot regret, that same grace will rest upon you in the name of Jesus. And with this being said, just to be able to take that one out, and I want to say to my wife, I love you so much. I know currently now you are streaming and you are also listening. You are the technical lady at the back of the end to make me understand that some certain things are not working. I want to say this with all everyone currently streaming that I love you so much and thank you very much for being a wonderful wife. You, you make the rested life a reality for me in the marriage. And I know too that the oil of God upon my life and upon your life will never run dry in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you, my wife, that the people of this nation and this continent, they will hear your voice in the name of Jesus. Territories that I could not enter, you will enter it in the name of Jesus. Thank you very much, wife, for always being my cook, my wife, my friend, my sister, my mother. She's like all in one. I call her, she's my Netflix. Which you know, Netflix has motivation. At Everything is on Netflix. She's my Netflix. That's the only way I can say it. And so with this, please don't be jealous. You can actually say yours also to your wife. But with this being said this morning, let's look at what the scripture is saying this morning. In the book of Luke chapter 13, as we now get into the business of today. Luke chapter 13, from verse 6 to verse 9. Luke 13, 6 verse 9. The Bible says here, it says, He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit therein and found none. He said, Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, He said, Behold, these three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it? the ground and he answered and said unto him lord let it alone this year till i dig around it and dunk it and uh, if it i mean and if it bear fruit well and if not then after it shall be cut down jesus was giving a parable here of a certain man who at this very particular point in time he was operating in terms of his business he was operating some certain things in his vineyard but all of a sudden there was this very particular trees that all the time he wants to go there but yet nothing is working that tree is not producing that tree is not bringing the fruit thereon and this is the thing i like about the man the man was willing to say yes i accept this very particular thing but before we cut this down let me dig around it and see what is wrong let me be able to put every system that i can put into this thing and he says there in verse 9 he said and if it bear fruit well but if it does not bear fruit that's the thing i like about the man if it does not bear fruit i will cut it down there are some people this morning concerning your marriage there's some certain system you need to cut down concerning your finances there's a certain things you need to cut down concerning your career concerning the works of your hand concerning the things that matters to you and to god there are some things you need to cut down but before we cut those things down this morning let's try and be like this man let's dig around and see let's dig around let's let's apply some certain things and see if we carry god's covenant and his principle if it does not work then we can then begin to decide and to see if we want to cut that thing down but also let's get to see in the book of job chapter 22 job chapter 22 from verse 21 to 13 i'll be very fast in my reading the bible says in verse 21 
Job 22, 21, it says here, Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace thereby, good shall come unto thee. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. He says, thereby good shall come unto thee. He says, receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his word in your heart. He says, for thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up, and thou shalt put away iniquity far from that tabernacle. He said, then shalt thou lay up that shall thou lay up dust as gold, and the gold of offer as the stone of the brooks. He say, Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defender, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. He say, For thou shalt, for thou shalt, he say, For then thou shalt have thy delight in the Almighty, and shall lift up thy voice unto God, thy face unto God. He say, Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Verse 28 it says, Yeah, he said, Thou shalt declare create a theme and it shall be established and thou shalt shine he said and thy light shall shine upon thy ways 29 he said when men are cast down then thou shalt say there is a lifting up of my head and he shall be saved in and he shall be saved the humble person verse 30 says here he said he shall deliver thee islands of innocence and it delivered by the pureness of thy hand it shall be delivered by the pureness of a hand. Regardless of these promises in which we've read, which we've just read in this very particular scripture, I want to take a focus into. I want to take a focus into verse twenty-two. It says, into verse twenty-two, it says, "Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his word." In thy heart. The only way for you to be able to pull some certain possibility is ability for you to lay up the word of God in your heart. Ability for you to accept his commandment and his principle. Ability for you to be awakened to the reality of what works in this thing called the faith life that you are currently operating. Yes, we all have the faith of God, but that is a responsibility that has been leveled on us. Your salvation does not devoid you of responsibility. The Bible says, work out your salvation. The salvation is already on the inside of you. You just need to work it out. You just need to sit and say, what are the things that I need to do to work out this salvation? To work out the salvation in my marriage? To work out the salvation in my family? To work out the salvation in my finance? There is a work that needs to be done for you to be able to enjoy the rested life. And one of the things in which I want you to understand this morning is the fact that God abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. If you play your part, he abides faithful. We can see that very particular scripture in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. He says, if we believe not yet, he abided faithful. Regardless of your unbelief, God abides faithful. The fact that you do not want to operate in the covenant, he is a faithful keeping God. He is a covenant keeping God. He is faithful all by himself. Your unfaithfulness to God does not change his mind concerning the people that are faithful. I will repeat it again. Your unfaithfulness to the things of God does not change God's intention concerning his covenant, concerning his word, concerning his principle. Why am I saying it this morning? Is the fact that if you want to enjoy God's level of prosperity, God's level of rest in your marriage, God's level of rest in your business, in your career, you have to be able to subscribe to the system that he has already made available. He says that if we believe not, in 2 Timothy 2.13, if we believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot deny himself. God cannot deny himself regardless of what you want to do. You may be thinking that yes, it is on your own terms but as far as God is concerned it is his time. 
I like saying, I think I posted on my Facebook a few days ago. I said, we serve a God that does not want you to do it on your way insurance. He wants you to do it on God's way insurance. His insurance is readily available, but it has to be on God's way insurance. Do you notice something that when you go to a particular insurance company to want to go and get their insurance package, you do not go and tell them how you want to be insured. They tell you what is available and yet give you a price. The price there, it is your commitment. It is your agreement to their system. They give you T's and C's. And I wish I don't like those insurance because their T's and C's is very tiny. I get angry. They just ask you sign and you don't know what you are signing. It is when there is a problem you now discover that there is a lump sum you need to pay to be able to make a claim. But this is the thing that I want to, for you to understand. Because they are insurance company, they brought their system and sell to you. If you like it, you buy it. Do you notice something? If you do not insure with them, when something happens, they are, that company is not responsible to protect you or to deliver you from the attacks that come at that very particular point in time. The same thing also happened with our father. Whether we like it or not. If you are not in his system, you say, no, Lord, I don't want to be on your principle. I don't want to be responsible with the covenant in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my career, in whatever thing. When, when whatever hits you, he is looking at the covenant and is wondering, have you signed this thing? Do you partake of this very particular thing? And all of a sudden, yes, his grace is currently available to bail you back. But your responsibility to activate the rested life, it is still in your hand. I pray this morning that as we begin to look into this very particular six point, as we begin to open our minds to begin to think, I pray that your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened for you to see the fullness in the name of Jesus. Second Peter chapter 1, make us to understand. He says that, that, that by his divine power has it given us all things. By his divine power, he has given us all things. But do you know that if you don't know what that thing is, you will bleed in the place where you're supposed to enjoy if you don't know what to do in your marriage, you will bleed. In your finance, you will bleed. In your health, you will bleed. But I pray this morning, as we begin to look into the things that we need to do this morning, I pray that you will be able to know and to be able to apply God's counsel on those things in the name of Jesus. This morning, what are the things that we need to begin to see? Point number one, responsibility. Point number one, responsibility. I will try as much as possible to have a conversation so that I don't, I don't then preach this thing because I could feel that the grace this morning, the grace of God this morning wants to redeem marriages, want to redeem family, wants to redeem businesses, want to redeem career. Today's teaching is more on practicality. What you need to do that has been put in the scripture for you to take hold of that very particular thing. Point number one, what is the covenant responsibility for our family? I mean, for our parents. There is a covenant responsibility for our parents. Let's look at the scripture this morning, the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Covenant responsibility, point number one, your parent. There is a responsibility for you to your parent. I know you will say, ah, pastor, yes, there is a responsibility. But let's go into the scripture this morning. Let's begin to look at what the Bible says concerning your parent in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, jalako gabrate la tata. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 3. The Bible says here, it said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Verse 3 here says, he said that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on earth. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well 
with you. Let's also look at the book of Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Before I begin to break God's counsel concerning that, Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. This morning the Bible says here in verse 6, He says, as a son, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master, if then I be the father, where is my honor? And if I be the master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. And ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? He said, if I be your father, where is my honor? If I be your master, where is my fear? The thing here I want you to understand, beloved, is the fact that there are many Christians that regardless of your tithings and offering. See, mind you, the topic of today is called covenant responsibilities. It is not just covenant responsibility, which is one. Covenant responsibility to cover all aspects of your life. The first one we are addressing this morning is the covenant responsibility to your parents. I know, yes, that we have two kinds of parents. You have the biological parents and you have your spiritual parents. But this morning here, I want to address the concept of the biological parents. The body of Christ, we've talked a lot about spiritual parents. But do you notice here in the scripture, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 1 to verse 3, especially verse 2, he says, Honor thy father and thy mother. One of the things in which I want you to understand when it comes to this thing, he says, Honor them. He did not say respect. Because we understand the concept of respect. Respect is earned. The reason why God says honor, he knows that your parents will offend you. He knows that your parents are human beings and so they will do some certain things that will annoy you, that will want to make you to determine whether you want to, to respect them or not. But regardless of that, the scripture there says, it says honor. Honor comes with a fool, whether, whether they like you or they don't like you, the covenant pact, package of you to honor your parents, to honor them. To respect, you see, I don't want to like go to the word of respect because honor there says that for the fact that they have been in your life, they were able to pull you out of their wombs and also give you life. Your responsibility is to honor them. One of the things in which I remember there was a particular day, I went to a particular, I think it was my wife's birthday. I went to a mall here in South Africa for those who are currently streaming outside of the country. I went to the mall for me to go and get some certain things. And when I got there, the Holy Spirit said to me, speak to this lady. And I was angry with the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, see, you don't understand. I just came here to get my stuff for my wife because I want to celebrate her and all those things. And uh, this one, you want me to not be doing evangelism or preaching. I am not called for. But the more I tried to restrain all of a sudden, the lady constantly come around my space. Then I looked at her and I said, okay, let me just yield. Hey, lady, how are you doing? She said, fine. Then I was enforcing her. I said, are you a Christian? She said, yes, I'm a believer. I said, good, thank you. I like the word you use, believer. But now this is the thing here. How come I'm asking you, how are you? You say, fine. Say, I'm blessed. So I, I, then, I then, what you call, compel her to use the word, I'm blessed. And she ended up saying, I'm blessed. Now, this is the thing there. Then the Holy Spirit said to me that I should ask her, what is the relationship she has with the man in her house now? And I said, I can see in the house where you stay currently now. You are not married to this man legally. She said, yes. I said, now, this is the problem there. What is your business with your father? All of a sudden, she just, start busting, she just started crying. Right in, the, in that very particular store, I had to appeal to her. I'm like, you see, you don't understand. I'm a man. If a woman is crying in front of a man, especially the fact of abuse, before somebody thinks that I beat you, calm down. Let's just have this conversation peacefully. I'm like, okay, what's the relationship? She's like, no, you see, my father has offended me, blah, blah, blah. She gave a lot of story. I don't want to say too much of it because currently now she might also be screaming. I don't want to say a lot of it. And this is the thing that I said, the Holy Spirit asked me to tell you this, that this part in which you are expecting this man to be able to pull this thing in your life, you need to do this to your own biological father. And I said, do you notice that I'm not asking you to sow a seed or to give whatever? No. You need to carry something, a gift in your hand. 
and you will drive to your father's house. Is your father alive? She said, yes. I said, thank God. You will go to your father's house and go and do one, two, and three. And trust me, thank God for God and thank God for wisdom because she has been, she has been trying everything possible to be able to route new possibility, but she's not working that. And I said, this is the secret. Do that. Guess what? Two weeks down the line, she called me. And she said, I, I know you gave me your number. Can you remember me? She explained. And I said, no, I remember you. What is happening? He says, I'm talking to you, sir. My husband has gone in lockdown. This lockdown, it was July here. He said, my husband has gone to see my, my, my parents. I mean, the husband that she was staying with, which is not legally married, understand? And my husband has decided to put a down payment for my deposit for, I think it's called Lobola, yeah. Down payment for my Lobola. And so we are currently waiting for the lockdown to be over so that we can be blessed and also can enjoy our marriage. What is it that happens there? All I just said to her, honor your father. Your parents are alive, you need to honor it. And this is the thing here, my dear beloved people. God has a place for our parents. We have undeniable responsibility to our parents. Undeniable responsibility. One of the things in which I have seen in my generation is the fact that our generation, we are too quick to forget our parents. We are too quick to forget the labors of our parents. But you forget to understand that as much as me, your spiritual father, that is for those of you, or for those of you who sees me as your spiritual, uh, what you call covering over your life, as much as I'm going to say, thou shalt be blessed, you might be blessed, but the place the Bible says there is a position for longevity. The longevity is routed in your period. In verse 3, it says, so that thy days may be long. Maybe the reason why somehow your life cut short, maybe because you've not honored your parent properly. Remember, this is covenant responsibility. Conven there are somebody this morning you are streaming to me. All you need to do this morning is to carry your phone, call your mother and call your father. You are living in Stain City in South Africa, but all of a sudden your parents, they are living in Mukuku. Honor thy father and thy mother. It is a responsibility that comes with promise. Honor your father and your mother. I know that you will say, but pastor, I thought that today's message is going to be, thou shalt be blessed. No, no, no. It is a covenant responsibility because why? In platform, one of the things that I know too well, we will tell you every secret so that when the devil wants to attack, he cannot find anything. Because why? You have covered everything that matters to your life. Everything that matters to your life. When last have you ever sent 10 rand? Let me not even call a huge amount of money. When last have you sent 10 rand to your mother to just taste the, the, the struggle of your life? I remember by the time we were starting Platform Church, my family, they are not here, they are in Nigeria. I honored them by calling them first. Mom, this is what the Lord has instructed me to do. I need your blessing concerning this very particular thing. And my mom said something that really blessed me. He said, for the doors of the nation shall be opened unto you. And I said, amen, because why? I, after that very particular thing, uh, we and my wife, we come together, we package a serious seed. We sow the seed into my mother's life. And I'm talking about my biological mother. Sow a seed into that very particular place. Because why? I understand the covenant promise of me living long. That's why I tell people. I say, I was not born a bastard one. I was not born by accident. I know my responsibility. So there is no way I would die by accident. No way. Because why? There is somebody. My parents are busy bombarding the heaven concerning my star. Concerning my life. My dear beloved sisters and brothers this morning listening to me responsibility has been leveled on us by God for us to be able to take care of our parent. It is an error. It is an abnormality for you to be driving a Bentley and your parents currently now, they don't even know what car look like. I know a particular friend of mine years back. If he's going to see his family, his own biological parents, he will park the car far, takes a kekena pep. Kekena pep, how do you call kekena pep? It's called tuk-tuk, yeah. 
tuk-tuk. Take a tuk-tuk because he said, you see, you know, I don't want my parents to know. I say, ah, you don't want your parents to know that you are blessed. He said, no, because my parents, and they did one, two, and three for me, but I just want to just go and see them because I just want to say, ah, you are looking for trouble. Guess what? In less than three months, he had a very terrible accident. And after then, we went to visit this very particular guy at the hospital. And one of the things in which he said, he said by the time he was at the accident, he saw his parents coming to help him. But there was a force holding the parents, not coming to assist him. I said, it is because you've not activated the honor to your parents. And so there is nothing that is pulling your parents to come to you. Currently now, are you honoring your parent, Your biological parent. I have seen in this very particular place where I am currently, I have seen a lot of people. Like, you know, my daddy offended me and my mom did something that I don't like. And so because of that, I'm, I'm angry. I, I remember I told one lady, I said, see, the Bible says honor. It didn't say respect. It's a two different stuff. I say, you, I say, do you notice that regardless of the fact that you pay your tithe, you pay your offering, which is one of your responsibility to the church which you have taken, but do you notice that ever since for you to be able to stay in a comfortable relationship, you are still struggling. I say, you are still struggling. Guess what? She said, okay, pastor, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to do this. She decided all of a sudden, go to her mother's place. Remove her mother from where she was staying. And no, I think the mother was staying in, what's the name of this thing? Oh, Holy Spirit, remind me. Those homes where you put age people or something like that. Because she does not want to, she put the, I don't know, it's called old age home or something. You will help me. English is failing me at this moment. But what is it that is the thing then? To, to cut the long story short, she took her mother, brought the mother to the house, make sure that the mother is taken care of. All of a sudden, in less than six months, boom, she met a man. After meeting the man, as if it was a joke, to cut the long story short, they are currently now outside of the country, blessed with two children. Why? Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long. I don't care who, whoever has told you that your mother is a witch and so because of that you cannot do it. Your business is to honor. Honor them. If they are a witch, pray to that money you want to send to them and say, Father, as this money go into my mother's account, go into my father's account, let this very particular thing turn my mother to become a Christian. You can route that person because why? your own part is to play the covenant principle so that your days may be long. Honor your parents. Honor your parent, your responsibility to your parent. One of the things in which I put here, I say, I say, we are talking about your biological parent. Anyone that tells you that you are not, you're, you're not supposed to honor your biological parent, regardless of whatever they've done in your life, the person is helping you to fight covenant principle. They are helping you to fight covenant principle. It is a principle that has been put there. Some people will tell you, you see, instead, no, see, trust me, I have heard a lot of this very particular story. You know, instead of you honoring this and stuff, and why don't you go and find a way, pack that very particular seat, bring it to church and co see, church blessing has its own, but the, 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 your parent blessing also is needed. My dear sisters and brothers this morning, my father, my auntie, my uncle currently streaming, watching me or listening, I want you to understand responsibility has been placed on you to honor your parent. Honor your parent. Honor your parent. I need to repeat it again. Honor your parent. Honor them. I don't care what they have done to you. I know that, yes, some of you will say, no, but my parents abused me when I was growing up and stuff. Forgive them. But at the same time, play your covenant right. It is your covenant responsibility. Forgive them, but at the same time, send a honor to them. When I mean honor, it may not necessarily be money. It may be just picking your phone and call. Mom, I just want to check on you to know how you are doing. I hope you are fine. I hope you are this, you are that. And you just ask questions, form a relationship. Maybe the reason why some certain delays are currently happening in your life, maybe it's tied to the fact that you are not honoring your biological parent. 
honor them. We understand too well. Majority of us understand the place of honoring your spiritual parents, which is also needed if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. He's also talking about honoring your spiritual parents. But I don't want to focus on that very particular part. So as much as you honor your biological parents, the place of your spiritual covering that covers you, so that it can also be well for them to serve you, that part also is there. But for this morning, the Lord asked me to bring a counsel to you this morning. Honor your parent. Honor your parent. Honor your parent. I know some of you currently you are streaming and you are saying, I wish I can do this, but the heart in which they've hurt me is too much and I don't know how to do that. Please, I want you to reach out. You can go to our contact page for you to be able to reach out. One of our team will be readily available to assist and to guide you how to fall in line with the covenant so that your days may be long. Your days may be long. God has granted us long days, but there are systems that he has put around the place that we need to engage into it to make that thing a covenant practice and for us, to be, for us to be able to enjoy what has been made available when it comes to honoring your parent. What is again as I begin to break this very particular point, number one to a close, Proverbs chapter 20 from verse 20 to verse 22. Let's quickly go to that scripture. Proverbs 20 from verse 20 to verse 22. Your responsibility, number one, is the fact that your responsibility to your parent. Proverbs chapter 20. Father, thank you. From verse 20 to verse 22. The Bible says here, Whoso cursed his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. Say, God forbid. Ah, I know that maybe for you you've not done that part, but I want you to say, God forbid. The, he said, whosoever cursed his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. An inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blamed. I refuse that for all platform members in the name of Jesus. I refuse every cause, every of your lamp being put off from shining, every wastage that is currently happening to your life due to the fact that you are not honoring your parents. I rebuke that works in your life in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at, he says, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. The fact where you want to recompense evil for evil to your parent, the Lord is giving an instruction this morning. He says, say not doubt that you will recompense for evil. He says, I, the Lord, will do that. But your part, honor your parent. Proverbs chapter 20, I did not say that. The covenant God that we currently subscribe, say it in his word. Proverbs 20 from verse 20 to verse 22. It says, you may be able to think that you are rich now. You think that all the money you have it now. They later that they say, at the end thereof, it shall not be blessed. Because why? You have cursed your father, cursed your mother, simply because you refuse to honor them. Or when people talk to you about your parents, you're like, ah, I don't want to hear anything about my parents. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like this, is a, this is a life session whereby we are in the church so that you can be able to see my expression where how my leg is dancing. Ha, ah, for your destiny's sake. I appeal to you as your pastor. If you take me as your pastor this morning, or you want to just take God's counsel out of my mouth, honor your parent. One more time. Say, I will honor my parent. <laughs> Say it again. I will honor my parent. With this being said, this very particular moment, let's go and see. Ah, in fact, as, as, as I want to go to this thing, there's a story that is coming into my head in the book of Genesis chapter 27. From verse 38 to verse 41. Genesis 27, 38 to 41. I won't go to the scripture quick because I want to jump down into my point number two. It's a story of Esau and Jacob. Esau, the, this bold guy, especially Jacob, Jacob understand the blessing of the parent. 
He understands too well the blessing that needs to come out from his parents. No wonder he joined his mother to mastermind and take the blessing out. Please, my dear, if you read that very particular scripture from verse 38 to 41, the Bible says Esau came home and came to meet his father. Esau cried for the father's blessing. Because he understands by covenant right that if this man can say you are blessed, case close. And all of a sudden, he forced the father to say something. And when the father says something, but do you know how the, that thing was activated? The Bible says that they took, they took something as a symbol of honor to their father. And their father releases the blessing. What have you taken to your father? What have you taken to your mother? For the blessing to be activated, that responsibility is in your hand. I pray that this very particular point number one in which we've just said concerning parent, the reason why that is very passionate in my head is because I've seen a lot of people struggle. And I've seen that the majority of them is tied to the fact that their parent is staying in one mukuku and yet they are staying in the penthouse in Santin. And when you ask them, when last have you seen your parent? They tell you point blank that you see, eh, they give you an excuse. May that error in the body of Christ this morning be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Because why? Honor to our parents are very important. As you honor your biological parents, honor your spiritual parent. It is a covenant that has been made available. But I know that majority of us, we are very quick in honoring spiritual parents. But you can see on the Bible this morning that also your biological parent needs to be honored. Point number two. What is our covenant responsibility? Point number two. We have a covenant responsibility to our family. Now let's look at what the scripture this morning is saying. Covenant responsibility to our family. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Covenant responsibility point 2. You have a responsibility to your family. I know somebody this morning is saying, Ash! Pastor, if I know I wouldn't have been here this morning. But because God wants you to hear this message so that you can then be blessed. That's why you are tuning in. God wants you to enjoy rest. That's why he makes you to turn in this morning. Covenant number 2 is the fact that we have a responsibility to our family. When I talk about family now, I'm talking about your immediate family. You've done that of your parents. Now let's come back home to your family. Now let's see. First Peter chapter 3, verse, verse 7. The Bible says here, it says, Likewise, ye husband, deal with them according to knowledge, giving honor to your, you know, giving honor unto your wife as a weaker vessel, as being the head together. Do you notice? The Bible says that as being head together of grace, of life that your prayer may not be hindered there's a responsibility here to your family as a man honor your wife honor your wife honor your wife i feel like saying it again honor your wife why it says here that your prayer may not be hindered responsibility has been placed on us both the man and the woman for us to all come together to honor but this is the thing I want to address the men first. Before I get to the wife and the children, the men I want to address, address us first. Responsibility has been played on us for us to be able to honor our wife. Do you notice that because she's also together with us in grace, the day you say yes to that woman and you share a covenant with her, you've activated a particular aspect of your life where if that woman is angry, you see, I have seen a lot of marriages struggle. Not because they don't have all the money in the world that they can think of. But all of a sudden, things are working negative. They get the billion dollars that comes into their account. All of a sudden, out of the billion dollars, 500 million go to managing health. Because why? Somebody somewhere is not in agreement with the blessing that comes into that very particular family. 
honor your family. What is the thing in which I put here? I said here, your responsibility to your family is essential, mostly especially the men. Your responsibility. We have two responsibilities when it comes to us as an individual. One to your earthly family and secondly to your spiritual family. The responsibility from the covenant point of view that has been given to us, both to the male and the female, but now to address the male. We have a responsibility in our hand for us to be able to pull that off. What else again do I need to make you to understand here? When it comes to the scripture in which we've read, and also in Ephesians chapter 5, um, verse 25 here, is the fact that we need to get... No, let's read that very particularly because I don't want you to now say no, but Pastor Darlington said, I want you to see it in the Bible. If you are a Christian, you will punch that very particular scripture. That is for those of you who are punching the Bible. And if you are a Christian, you will flip the page. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians 5, 25, so that you can see it, that there is a covenant responsibility from ourselves for us to do so certain things. Verse 25 here says, He says, Husband loves your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. <laughs> you see, when this scripture hit me, it was, so, it, it was so touching and so painful to the point that when I look at this statement, you know, the Bible says, Husband, love your wife. Now, it not make it more worse in the place of loving, it now makes it more worse that even as Christ loved the church. Now, the first question we want to ask ourselves as men, how did Christ love the bride, which is called the church? Christ loved the bride, which is he protects the bride. He it, it, it preserves the bride. It makes the bride holy. Do you notice that with the body of Christ, with all our madness and stuff we are doing, it has not stopped Christ's integrity upon us, the bride, to keep sustaining us? The same way, we as the men, the responsibility, covenant responsibility, has been placed for us to shower such responsibility to our wife. That is why it says, even as Christ loved the church. Let's push the card further. Do you notice that Christ died for the church? If Christ died for the church, see, trust me, you are also by responsible covenant to also die. When I mean die, if it has to be physical death to protect your wife, you have to do it. I remember I shared some of the story for some of you guys who get to understand. I think if I'm not mistaken, a few months back down the line. When Amraba decided to attack us, the guys were pointing gun on me. I did not care. Where is my wife? I feel like saying it in the King James Version. Where is thou my wife? The guys where I was fighting, where is my wife? Where? So they could tell the way this guy is fighting, we better leave quickly. As I checked left, checked right, I could not find anything. The, 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 the understanding and the methodology I used to break into the second room to find my wife, because why? I know that if anybody was supposed to die here, that's supposed to be me. Because why? I have understood by covenant promise that my business is to protect my family, to protect my wife, and also to protect my children. Responsibility has been laid on me. Demand. I will get to women, but for now, let's do demand responsibility it is an abnormality see holy spirit forgive me what i want to say it is a madness for a man to carry a hand and hit his wife see they need to take you for a psycho whatever those psycho things that they carry you to those mental home there is one popular one here in south africa they need to take you there you raise your hand and hit your wife how has christ raised his hand and beat the church do you notice that everything with Christ, he protects the church. We can come back two million times and say, Lord, forgive me. He still forgives. The same thing also applies to your wife. I remember one time I cracked a joke with my wife and I meant it. She knows too well. I said, now that we are about to go into marriage, which is about two years ago, now that we are about to go into it, I choose not to have anything to hold against you. Regardless of whatever you are going to do, I forgave you in advance. 
Do you want to tell me that she doesn't offend me? She does. But because I've made a promise of forgive, I also offend her sometimes. But because of the covenant responsibility from me as the man, I understand that my job is to forgive her. My job is to be responsible to her. My job is to respect her. My job is to... My covenant responsibility is to love her. My job is to secure her. My job is to protect her. And also my job is to provide for her. Is that what we are... Is, that, is this not what we are supposed to do? And if you are not doing this, do you notice that the Bible did not say, protect your girlfriend, protect your makwapeni, protect your this and that. Hey, protect your wife. If you are currently now finding yourself around that very particular space, maybe the reason why some certain things are currently not working in your life is because you are devoiding of a particular covenant that you need to be able to operate in. See, if you have chosen to say you want to follow this God, please follow it in full. Because in the aspect of where you are ignorance, you will bleed, you will bleed, you will bleed, you will bleed. In the place of ignorance, yes, God overlooked. You know, I keep saying that. In the place of ignorance, God overlooked like, yeah, he knows my children. Ah! The devil does not overlook you. He takes advantage of that thing and buffets you. Because why? He knows that the day your eyes of your understanding is enlightened, like now that we are talking about it, that you will shut him out of your marriage. The reason why sometimes you find the fact that there is stress. Let's ask a question. Are you currently respecting and honoring your wife? Does your family know too well that you are there for them? That they can guarantee know too well that as my husband is going out there, can your wife guarantee and put her hand and say, as my husband is going out there, he has my best interest. I want to say to my wife, I say, babe, he said, my business is to be on the floor praying for you 24-7 so that you can be in the plane to go and spend the money that I make. And I like cracking this very particular joke. I know, I know she's listening to me, but she'll forgive me so that we can then have a bit of laughter. I like cracking this joke to her. I say, babe, he said, I want you to understand something here. Is this him? He said, God will so bless me to the point that even uh, when, when you want to go to Brazil, instead of you buying Brazilian hair in South Africa, no, you will enter flight, go to Brazil, cut the hair yourself. Eh, that's my job. And I will be at home praying. And you will do a live stream. Say, babe, do you like this hair that I'm seeing here? Because why? I am saying that to her so that she can understand that I want her to enjoy life in full. When I mean in full, in full. And every believer who is a man standing currently listening to me, that is our responsibility to our wives. Our job is to love them, protect them, secure them, make them happy. I know you will say, okay, what is in it for the man? No, we also have own benefits. Do you notice that when you play your part to do all those things, and you know, now, now that I'm married, I can actually say. <laughs> for those of you who are not married, probably you may want to moot this very particular point, then you come back again and also listen. Do you know that when you do those very particular things to your wife, when it gets to, I call it parliamentary conversation, when you need to sit at the boardroom in the bedroom to have parliament, even though she's tired, she's willing to serve. Because why? You have played your part for her to play, to give you all kinds of style. She, you'll be so shocked the intelligence she will come up with. And by the time you're like, ah, this thing is sweet. Mm, it is. Because why? You have played your part in terms of honoring, respecting, providing, protecting. And for her to also do her part, it becomes natural. Very easy. My dear men, it is time for us to honor our wife. What is again is the thing that we also need to understand when it comes to this very particular thing. Is the fact that our greatest responsibility, like I put here, is our wives. Our greatest responsibility is to help our wife. Help them to the point that they will be able to fulfill their destiny. Fulfill their destiny in such a grand style 
You see, as I'm saying this, I'm hearing currently now that some certain people now, you are listening and you are saying that, um, uh, but I don't have all the resources for me to be able to help my wife to provide, to protect, to secure and stuff. See, trust me, that is a way you can definitely honor your wife. Where by the time your wife go to the office and she's coming back home, you have washed the dishes, you have cleaned the house. I know you will say, hey, but that is, a, see, who, who, which constitution did they rate it? You see, that's the thing for me, I have a problem. So today, we are having family conversation. Where in the constitution was it written? That washing of plates and cleaning the dish and or probably even cooking, it was a woman's job. Where? No, let's be honest. Where did it, which constitution did you find it from? Religion has made us to shrink our wives to the point that we now see them as a legalized slave in our home. I rebuke every spirit of legalized slave in every member's home this morning in the name of Jesus. Our wives are not legalized slaves. You do not marry her to come and say, no, you, you, you know, another one again is what I hear that they call them trophy wives. Every woman who is looking forward to become a trophy wife, where all of a sudden you don't even have a brain, you are just sitting there, they are asking you one plus one, you can't even determine if it's two. I break that yoke off your neck in the name of Jesus. Responsibility to our wives. What are the things in which I put in that we need to provide as a man? One, number one here, we need to provide leadership. Leadership, we need to provide leadership, which means decision-making process. Ability for us to be able to say, okay, this is what we, where are we going? We need to provide that. I remember when we were doing our counseling with my wife, two years, few years back, yeah. You know, funny enough, she asked me this morning, it's like, babe, uh, how many years have we been married? I'm like, I promise you, it looks as if it's just yesterday. Because you see, I've made peace. I say, women are like textbook that has no conclusion. You keep reading until your time on earth is over. And she just laughed. I said, so I just managed to finish chapter one. And even the chapter one, I skipped some certain things because I just want to enjoy this relationship. I have chosen to enjoy it. Our part is to be able to provide leadership. Leadership, leadership. I pray this morning for a home that lacks leadership ability, whereby the man and the woman, you guys are struggling. And you, the woman, you want your husband to be able to take a place to lead the home. But it looks as if the more you try for him to take the place, the more he struggles. I pray that the grace for him to be able to lead well, that grace rests upon him in the name of Jesus. Leadership has been given to us for us to be able to do. But what else again, as a man, what do we need to do? Direction. How do we get there? See, it is an error for a man or for a woman to ask the husband, and babe, what do we do here now? And the husband said, I don't know. Hey, no, you have to know. You, you have to know. You are the, you are the omini knowing, if there's an English like that. In that home, you are omini knowing. You know everything. Omini knowing, you know. If the woman has made you to say, this is my head, the grace for you to know, you, ha you are the omini knowing. You have to give direction. You wake up every morning, what do we do? How do we get here? This is the road we need to pass. Let's keep this one down. Let's do this very particular panda. You reason together with your wife. You do not just come and all of a sudden, you know, because she's my wife, she doesn't have any, she doesn't need to make any opinion yet. No, she make opinions. She can come. Babe, you see, I think I remember there's a particular project we need to do with my wife of recent. And I think, um, yeah, of recent, was it, was it this year? It has to do with, with the work in which we're currently doing. And my wife was like, babe, you see, I know sometimes we've made mistakes, so that at least let me bring my mistake out on the table so that you don't think as if I'm perfect. And my wife was like, baby, see, I'm feeling in my spirit that this thing we shouldn't do it, blah, 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 and stuff like that. In my mind, I'm like, ah, what is it? Like, like I, 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 I am very good at this thing. You don't understand. I'm very good here. I was telling her I'm very good. Guess what? <laughs> we went, bought the thing. Thank God for good wife. They will hear you. They will say, okay, since you want to go that road, may we never just have an accident where we can't come out. My wife said, no problem. We went there, bought whatever we want to buy and stuff. I mean, buy what we wanted to buy. After we bought the tin finish, <laughs> my wife was just smiling. My man, I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with this lady? I don't care. I was very happy making noise, talking to my IT guys and stuff. Guess what? 
By the time they teen, we need to implement that same thing. It did not work. It did not work at all. After then, I remember a particular covenant. Can two work together except they agree? The next time we needed to go buy the thing, I have, I asked Alfino Sweet, I want to buy this because I have to come with the direction. But I need her partnership in the thing because why? I understand the covenant of marriage and the blessing that is attached to it. And I said to my wife, babe, so this thing we want to go and do here, what do you think? She's like, hey, you see, let's do it this way, let's do it this way, let's do it this way. Do you know what? We end up doing it the way. You know, she brought this suggestion, I approve it. She said, so I'm still the leader. I approve, my signature is there. Uh -huh. She brought the suggestion, I approve it. I take the glory. But she was fine. Like I like saying to people, I say, women are like the sun. They help us generate the heat, and the men just reflect the light. I'm like, hey, hey. But they generate heat, too. They do it. What am I trying to say here on this very particular note here? Is the fact that our business for us to respect our wives. I have seen how men are beating women. Let me just put this one as a caveat. Any man who thinks that his responsibility is to beat his wife, see, you are worse than a you are worse than devil. I think I will say so. You raise your hand and you hit any woman. Hear it from me as a man. You are worse than devil. You are worse. And if in case you've done that, there is a grace for repentance. And after the service this morning, we will pray for repentance so that you can then come back to enjoy the covenant. When the woman's tears get to heaven, especially if you are married, it's a problem. I can tell you, it's a problem. If you think it's a lie, ask when, he, when what, what's called, when Sarah, when Sarah was in Abimelech's house, simply because she was supposed to obey the husband's lie, Abraham, whereby they were getting into that very particular land, and Abraham said, because I'm the man, go in there and tell them that I am your sister. And Sarah obeyed and went there. As I begin to shift into the next point here, we also provide and we also give visions. Men, four things we need to do. Leadership, direction, provision, and also vision. You must have something called vision. If you don't have vision, there's nothing she can come in to come and sub into that makes it a submission. Nah, -uh. I keep saying to people who are currently going in the relationship, if your husband does not have a vision, oh no, the man you want to marry does not have a vision. You have no business submitting to anything. No business. He must know where he is going. How do you, what, what, how do you want to use your tools to help him? And for those who are currently married and you are saying, babe, let's sit down. Let's begin to draw another vision. You have to draw a vision. If you wake my wife 2 a.m., I make sure that I paint the vision too well for her. 2 a.m., while she is sleeping. Where will, what is the thing your husband is having as a vision for the church? She will tell you. Vision for the marriage? She will tell you. Vision for herself? She will tell you. Vision for the children? She will tell you. Why? I paint it clearly so that by the time she sob into, she does not struggle. So when she's bringing her utensils to work with me, it is very easy to bring out the spanner, the screwdriver, the chisel, the lamp, the whatever. Why? Because she understands that the vision has been made clear. Also, when we get to the, also the women part. Women, now I'm your turn. Your turn. The Bible says for the women here, it said to wife in Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 21 to verse 24. Let me read it because I read the man's own. Let me read the woman's own. So it doesn't look as if this pastor today is being biased. What is it? Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 21 to verse 24. The Bible says here, 21 here says, it said, submitting yourself one to another in fear of God, which means man and woman, 21. And most times people don't read that 21. I don't know why. They end up going to 22 straight. 21 says, submitting to yourself one to another, which means as I submit to my wife, my wife submit to me. Is a one to another. But now, this is where the, the, the difference now begins to come into. Wife, submit yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Let me be saying this as I read. He says, submit to yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord. He didn't say submit to your pastor. He didn't say submit to Bishop 22. He didn't say submit to one prophet that is carrying some... I don't understand. Submit to your own husband. I have seen that also whereby a lot of things. Your husband is saying, let's do this. But my, my, my pastor says... Your pastor is the one telling you 
how to be able to govern your home. There is something wrong. Something is wrong. Wake up. Wake up. Your pastor is supposed to give you a guideline. And if your pastor wants to counsel your home, the husband and the wife are supposed to be sitting there so that the both of them agree. Because when things happen, the husband and the wife will be saying, okay, fine, this is what we agreed on. The scripture here says, it says, submit yourself to your own husband. It also, it didn't say go and submit to another woman's husband. Your own husband. The husband that God has blessed you with, submit to him. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. He said, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be unto their own husbands in everything. In everything. I want you women to say, in everything. If you're a woman, you're not afraid. I'm saying it, I'm laughing here. If you're not afraid, say, in, help me type and write, in everything. Submit in everything. But there is a caveat in the submission, as unto God. If your husband is saying, come, let's take a gun and let's go and kill somebody. You have no business accepting that part. Say, baby, say, I love you very well. I am not saying I'm not going to kill somebody, but this is not as unto God and stuff. I release my blessing to go with you, but I am not going there with you. You separate it because you know from the scripture this is not as unto God. This is going to cause us problem. It's going to cause us shame. It's going to cause us disgrace. Uh, you see, this is the thing I want to ask unto God. And this is the thing where the responsibility becomes very heavy for men. If you do not teach your wife how to submit as unto God, what God will she be able to bring into the home? Women, responsibility has been placed on us as women, no, as you as women, because I don't know why I'm saying us, as you as a woman, that you submit unto your husband as unto God in everything. Everything means everything. I remember when we were doing counseling, my wife asked the pastor who was interviewing, no, counseling us. They're like, okay, what if my husband is doing one, two, and three, and the thing is not working and stuff? And the pastor said, the problem, like he said, as unto God. If your husband wants to do one, two, and three, as long as it's as unto God, you may not agree to that very particular thing. When the consequence comes, two of you will also still find a way. But she has to still submit. But I said to her, I remember I said, I said, baby, say, relax. It's going to be as unto God. We won't get to that point where we'll bring something that will cause us problem. Wife, submit to your husband. To your own husband. Husband, love your own wife. Wife, love your own husband not somebody else's husband not a boyfriend that you are loving the love you're supposed to give your husband you are giving it to a man outside it is an abnormally in the body of christ it is killing your marriage that is the reason why the oil in your home possibility it is running dry respect the integrity of your marriage respect the integrity of your family respect the integrity it is a covenant principle that you need to put together to be able to route this new possibility i know too well that as we begin to bring this very particular thought to a close everything that has gone wrong in your marriage in your family i decree currently now restoration begins to come in the name of jesus i release the oil of god the oil of grace that backs this commission i release that oil to rest upon your home in the name of Jesus. One of the things in which I want to say here, there are some certain people currently now, whereby your case, it may be very unique, based on the fact that things have gone awire, and you need a repairing in your marriage. By the grace of God, we have some certain system in Platform Church that we can use to help you to counsel you. There are some certain habits and some certain things we can teach you, or probably advise you to do, that can make the oil of your marriage come back. Maybe for you, you are thinking that, okay, it's all over. There is no repairing again. Say, I want to say this to you. Trust me, your pastor. There is still a repair in your marriage. God wants your marriage. The institution of marriage was what God himself created. And so based on this understanding, 
there is still hope. Let's repair that marriage again. Let's repair that family again. Let's, let's sit down and let's, let's review what is wrong. And let's begin to find a way of making that to become a reality. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1, make us to understand that it takes meekness to submit. And for women, I want you to understand this thing. I know that men are saying these words, submission, 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 submission. We are, we've thrown this submission to you to the point that when you see the thing comes, you are not even afraid anymore. You're like, whatever. But I want you to understand that submission is a mysterious key given to women to make the men, on, to make the men submit to them. I will say it again. Submission, it is a mysterious power given to women to make the men submit to the women. What is it there? Do you notice in the book of Genesis, the Bible makes us to understand Genesis chapter 12, when, I, when Abraham said to his wife, lie and go to this very particular, lie so that I can be saved and whatever, whatever. We all know the story. Now, this is the thing about submission that, that if, or I mean, that Sarah understood. When Sarah took that word, okay, my Lord has said this to me, I will obey. But do you know that the moment she obeyed that very particular thing and she agreed, and she went to the, what's called, Abimelech saw, the king saw this woman and decided to take her as unto the wife. Do you notice that that day, because of the power of submission, that the woman routed heaven speak for the first time the king heard God. The king himself, he hears God by himself. Submission is a power that makes everything works for you as a woman. See, you cannot submit wholeheartedly to God and God's integrity will not be there to protect you. I was telling my wife this morning about this very particular thing that we're talking about. I said, do you notice that when the woman fully submits and she has done her all to the husband and to the family, do you know that when the husband wants to misbehave, the woman knows? For men, you are thinking that, no, somebody told her. Somebody did not tell her nothing. Okay, who told Abimelech that Sarah, it is somebody's husband? Somebody did. There is a God that fights for women when, you, when they submit fully to anything. There is a God that fight for them. No wonder the Holy Spirit is ascribed as a she. You, you think it was a coincidence? There is an all-knowing possibility that a woman carry. That's why for me, when I see women, I say, women, you guys are the custodians and the carriers of God's mystery. It's just the fact that the devil is fighting you people for you to see that reality. It takes, no matter how you want to do it, a woman will know. If she loves and she gives her all, when you are going AYR, she knows. She just chooses not to talk. Because why? That is the spirit of God that is telling her, your husband is going this way. And please pray now. And I pray this morning for women who are currently struggling submitting to their husband. Based on the fact that heart has been there. I release the grace for you to forgive your husband, forgive your family, and forgive your home in the name of Jesus. Trust me. These are covenant responsibility for us to be able to engage in. And also to the kids. Kids, honor your parent. Any kids that is currently listening to me, honor your parents. And also we parents, please, let's try everything in our possible best not to provoke our children. The Bible says, provoke not your children to rot. Provoke not them to Your business as the man, as the woman, is to lead them in the ways of God. But do not provoke them. I was saying to my wife, I think it was two days ago, I said there is a three-phase when it comes to our kids. And when the Holy Spirit opened my understanding to see that very particular thing, it blesses my soul. There is a three stage to our children. Do you notice that there is a stage your children is? You tell them, do, they do. Go, they go. Sleep, they sleep. How you treat them at that stage number one. Determine what happened at stage number three. Stage number one. How you? It's an investment. Parents, hear me. Everything you are doing to your children now, it's an investment. Especially on the stage whereby you are the one commanding. It is an investment you are investing. Now, this is the thing there. On this stage number two, 
Do you notice that the way you treat them on state number one, state number two, they begin to give you a reflection of it. And state number three is your harvest time as a parent. What is state number two? If you don't treat them well, if you don't respect and honor them well, on stage number two, when they are going, when they leave your home and they want to do something, do you notice that they don't take permission from you anymore? They can go see any guy or any lady. They do not take permission. Why? Because at this very particular state, they don't owe you any accountability anymore. They don't owe you any loyalty anymore. But how you treat them here when they get to this very particular place, they now begin to find a way of honoring you. But now this is where the thing is, where the harvest time come on the stage number three. This stage number three is where it, it comes, I call it the harvest time for every parent. How you treat them at stage number one, they show you the mirror at number two. Number three, you receive the harvest. How do you know you receive the harvest? You get to that very particular stage. Let's say at this stage one, you do not treat your children pr properly. You do not train them in the guidance and the things of God as unto God. When it gets to stage number three, you will see that you are, your, your, because now at that stage, at stage number three as a parent, you are old. You cannot do some certain things yourself. Now, you need your children to take care of you. At that very particular point, because of how you treat them here, determines what happened at stage number three. Either they treat you well or they abuse you well. That choice is determined by how you treat them at stage number one. I pray that by the grace of God, as we are hearing this counsel from the throne room of heaven, let our minds be open to be able to, 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 be able to put covenant practices that governs our homes in the name of Jesus. My time is quite running out. Let's look at point number three. What is our covenant responsibility? Covenant number responsibility, point number three, to the poor. Yes, to the poor. God has given us responsibility for us to be able to take care of the poor. Prove Psalm 41 from verse 1 to verse 3. Let's look at that scripture. Psalm 41. Psalm 41. I hope somebody has been blessed this morning. Please, if you are blessed this morning, I want you to send me a message this morning to just let me know that you are blessed this morning. And in case if you are not blessed this morning, you can like, ish, then I know where your problem is. <laughs> I'm having a good time this morning, and uh, as I'm busy saying this, I'm also getting my own notes, and I'm also finding a way, also repairing myself. Now, what is the scripture saying here in the book of Psalm chapter 41 from verse 1 to verse 3? Remember our point number 3 here is we have a covenant responsibility to the poor. The Bible makes us to understand that with Jesus, he says, he said to the disciples of Jesus, to John the Baptist, say, go and tell John that the poor are receiving the message, that the, the poor are being, they are being lifted up. Because why? There's a responsibility on Jesus for him to take care of the poor, for the gospel to get to the poor and to everyone. So we also have the responsibility. But let's see what Psalm 41 from verse 1 to verse 3 is saying this morning. He said, blessed is he that considereth the poor. Blessed is he. There's a blessing when you consider the poor. He said, the Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou will not deliver him into the will of the enemy. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of language. Thou will make his bed. I mean, thou will not make his bed in sickness at all. What is he saying here? That for the fact that you consider the poor. Like the scripture said this morning here, it says for the fact that the Lord will preserve him and keep him. You see, just to be able to put a point here, I've heard a lot of people say to me that, um, you see, um, I, I give to the poor and so I don't need to give to the church and this and this. See, it's called a covenant responsibility. As you give to the poor, a portion needs also to go to your church, go to your family, go to your parents. It's a responsibility to make sure that all angles of your life, it is protected. Do you see what happened here? The Bible, especially if you look at it from the parents in um, what you call, in the scripture we've just read. He said, honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long. Now look at it again, what he says here. He says, blessed is he that considered the poor. 
He said, the Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. Maybe the reason why you are going through some certain trouble also, because now I'm giving you different angle for you to look. Like we read in the scripture, the scripture which I read to you in the book of Matthew, I mean in the book of um, our test this morning where we read, whereby we are looking at the whole concept of what happens in the book of Luke, sorry, in the book of Luke chapter 13, whereby you need to dig around. You are looking at every angle. He said, blessed is he that considered the poor. The Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. Simply why? Because you consider the poor. Please and please, I want to say this as a covenant responsibility. It has been put on us for us to be able to remember the poor. Remember the poor that is around you. Remember the poor that lives by the corner of your house. Remember the poor that, 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 that you know too well that they don't even have money to, I mean, food to eat this morning. Send them something. Send them something. You don't need them. You, they don't need to be at your level. Because sometimes we are quick to bless people because we want them to bless us tomorrow. You say, blessed is he that considers the poor. Because in times of trouble, you will get person to deliver you. Whatever you invest now, you reap tomorrow. Blessed is he that considered the poor. And also we can say a particular scripture also that blessed me so much and that I, that, I, that I so much love is the fact that I think it's the book of Job whereby Job says, says the things of the Lord I have discovered the mystery. What is the mystery there? He understands that there's a responsibility that he needs to do. One to God, two to his parents, to the poor, to the family and as we get to the final point you will see it also. But now consider the poor. We can also find that in the book of Job chapter 29 from verse 4 to verse 13. He say he helps the poor and the widow. Job's blessing actually comes from the fact that he was helping the poor and he was helping the widow. Please and please, I want to encourage you. Find time. Find time. Out of the resources God has blessed you with, get something to give the poor. Get something to give the poor. My wife and I made a commitment years ago and we stood to live up to it again, moving forward, regardless of what happened. Whatever God bless us with, we remove something and say, let's consider the poor. For instance, as a church, I know majority of you is not aware of that very particular thing. There is a foundation in which we have as a church called Platform Cares. It's called platformcares.co.za. You can go there. It's a work in which we are doing to be able to help the poor. Currently now, where your church is, here in West Ridge High School, because yes, we have a church venue, but just the fact that because of this coronavirus stuff, we choose not to come together now. There is a community around Princess that I have been praying and believing God, that God will touch your heart for us to come together, to use platform cares, to go to that community and help them from whatever poverty and pains. And sometimes when I drive past that place, my heart bleeds. Because why? I understand the blessings where if you release the blessing to the, I mean, if you bless the poor, you get blessed. God delivers you in times of trouble. Consider the poor. Also, you can find out the book of John chapter 13. The Bible says Jesus in his days also helped the poor. Yes, your Jesus helped the poor. When you read that very particular scripture, when Judas, when Jesus was talking to about the person who needs to do something quickly, which is the person of Jesus, and Peter was saying that, is it that Jesus is asking Judas as his custom is to help the poor? Which means it was a custom for your Jesus to help the poor. It has to be custom for you and for me to help the poor. And also for those of you currently now who are part of Platform Family, and you are saying to yourself, you don't know how to help the poor, you can join the Platform Care team. To say, okay, fine, pastor, how do we now begin to care for some certain people? I have this very particular clothes. I have this very particular thing. Or whatever in which you have. For the fact that the things are still very good, there are people out there that they need materials to cover themselves. You can join Platform Cares and say, I have this opportunity for me to get this funding here, whatever and stuff. Let's use this to be able. Do you know that when your church can be able to provide for the poor, the blessings of God in times of trouble, 
it's also activated also for us. And for us as a church, we make sure that we do that. I as an individual, I do it. I make sure that the church as a body also, we also do that. Consider the poor. And also here in Proverbs chapter 21 verse 13, it says, he that hears the cries of the poor is blessed. You need to hear the cries of the poor and the widow. Don't close your ear on that very particular point. Responsibility has been placed on you and responsibility has been placed on me. Also, as I begin to also bring this to a close, what is our responsibility? We have also been given responsibility to our masters. Responsibility to our masters. Masters are the people that, people who, by, by, by authority, they are above you. By authority, you can find the scripture in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. And also you can find that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Because of my time, uh, I have less than 10 minutes for me to be able to close this. But because of my time at this moment, you take your time. Responsibility has been given to us. Those that are working, those that are working, your master responsibility is on you for you to serve them well. They may not be treating you well, but serve them well. Because why? It is in your service to them. You open the doors of blessing, promotions, and grace to appear to you. All of a sudden, because God reward those that diligently seek him. And when God sees your work, your responsibility to your master, and to the things that has been committed into your hand, all of a sudden, God begins to give you idea. Where even if the company is not paying you well, all of a sudden, God gives you an idea to start your own. Because you have sown a seed. I remember when I was serving... Trust me, I also pay my own part when it comes to ministry. I remember when I was serving, one of the things in which I do all the time is to make sure that the women, the man and the woman in which God sent me to, to go and serve under them, I did everything possible with my power not to cost them one pain. One pain I never. As a matter of fact, I told, I told the woman point blank, I said, especially the, 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 my spiritual mother, I told her point blank, I said, my responsibility is to make sure that you are, you are fine and you are blessed and to make sure that no matter what happened, you will never see pain from me. And I live up to that in the one year that I submit to her full time. Because why I understand that what I sow, why as a servant, now that I am here, people, I will reap the harvest. It is normal. I like saying this thing, what you sow, you will wear. If you sow wrong cloth, you will wear the cloth like that. Whatever you sow, the Bible says you reap. Me, I say what you sow, you wear. If the cloth is too tight, are you not the one who sow it? What's the problem? So be careful what you plant. As a servant, make sure that you respect your, your boss. Give, if they say come to the office by 10, get there by 9.30. Must you get there by 10? And they say no. You know, I like that. I hear that statement. People will tell you that no. And because my time to work is 9 to 5. And so by 9, I'm done by 5. I think the other day, me and my wife went to one of the stores here. <laughs> it was so funny. The lady was actually standing at the till. We wanted to buy, I don't want to mention the name because of, I don't want the lady to be in trouble and stuff because I know the lady's face very well. She was standing at the till while we wanted to buy this very particular meat. And this is the thing there that funnies me about the lady. She was standing and she was speaking language. You know, I don't understand South African language and I made peace. I think that helps me a lot because whatever you are saying, I don't know. So you are the one that is angry because I'm not responding because I don't know what you are saying. Now, the lady was standing because my wife, and she was talking in language. My wife could hear what she was saying. What was she saying? She was saying that, no, I have closed and I'm not going to do anything. And yet people are standing to buy something. And such lady tomorrow will be praying that God bless me. If you can't be faithful in somebody else's business, how do you think that God will commit your own into your own hand? It's impossible. She was standing there looking at us. She complained that though my time is up. I did not say anything. All of a sudden, she ended up coming. But that complaint that you have put on the table, you have actually rewrite whatever handwriting that will happen in your life by yourself. Because why? You refuse to take a convenient responsibility. Your time is nine to five. At least go to the office eight to six. Put an extra two hours. The universe will force itself to accommodate. Your blessing will come in bounds. Because why? You go the extra mile. 
The reason why some people are being promoted in your company and you're not being promoted is because you are not going the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Responsibility has been placed on you. Please consider the poor. And also here also, for those also who are, who are boss, pay your people with salary. The Bible says a laborer is, I mean a laborer, uh, determined what God needs to get their own wages and their reward. You say, for no matter what we do, we are the first partakers of the reward. If they've worked for you, pay them well. You know the money is there. Why are you lying to say there is no money? You've made profit and yet you are still saying, if you don't have the money to pay them, can you be honest enough for you to tell your staffs, I don't have the money. And you'll be so shocked that some of them will even want to work with you for free because you are honest. As a master, reward your labor. I mean, reward your staff. Reward them diligently. What is again, as I begin to bring this very particular thing to a close, the point number five here, look unto God. With everything in which we've said, in this very particular two minutes that is left for me, look unto God. Look unto God. In the book of Luke chapter six, verse, Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Let me quickly read that very particular scripture as I begin to bring this thought to a close. I hope somebody is blessed this very particular time. Please, if you're blessed, I want you to send me a message to say, I am blessed and I'm highly favored. I want you to say like that, I am blessed and I'm highly favored. Luke chapter 6, verse 62. Luke chapter, no, sorry, Luke chapter 9. I don't know. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Hallelujah. The Bible says there in verse 62, and Jesus said unto him, No man have he put his hand on the plow, and looking back his feet for the kingdom of God. No man have he put his hand and look back. Ability for us to put our eyes on the top and refuse to look down. I know that with this very particular message in which I have put on the table, people will come and tell you some certain things that will not work for you. But the title of this is the fact that it is a covenant promise. It's a covenant responsibility for us. What are the covenant responsibilities? Number one. Be responsible to your parents. Very important, be responsible to your parents. Number two, be responsible to your family. And this includes both the male and the female and the children. Be responsible to your family. Point number three, which is also very important, be responsible to the poor. Be responsible to the poor. Be responsible. And point number four, give honor to whom honor is due. Honor your master. Master, reward your people properly. And point number five, look unto God. Look unto God. Because this very particular thing that I've brought on the table this moment, trust me, it's not easy. The flesh will tell you not to do it. For example, because your parent has hurt you, the flesh will tell you not to respond to your parent anymore. Or probably maybe you feel as if the church has offended you and stuff, and you say, no, I'm not going to give to your church again. The flesh will speak to you. The flesh will definitely speak. But when you put your hand on the plow, do you notice what the scripture says in Luke chapter 9 verse 62? He says, he who put his hand on the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a mystery. It carries its own possibility, carries its own idea, carries its own power. But the moment you shake on any of these covenant promises that I have put on the table and the responsibility therein, you are opening the doors for the enemy to attack. With this being said also this moment, I don't know who you are this morning. And you want us to pray together. One of the things in which I want us to pray this morning. Maybe for you, you have offended your family. You have fallen short in one of the covenants in which I've put on the table this morning. Maybe for you, as we begin to pray this moment. In the next five minutes, by the grace of God, we'll be closing the service. But I want us to pray. Lord, every way that I have defaulted in my covenant practice, either in my family, 
either in my in, in my in my parent either to the poor either to the church either to my service to the people that is around me lord forgive me open your mouth this morning and begin to pray and begin to ask lord in any of the place that have fall short of the covenant practices lord forgive me in the name of jesus open your mouth and begin to pray lord i decree this morning every place is oh lord father that we have fall short father in obeying your covenant principle covenant principle that you have put on the table lord i decree this morning lord let your hand father oh lord bail us out again in the name of jesus we repent of our unforgiveness we repent of our shames we repent of the pain we've caused our family we repent of the things we've done that has buffeted us either in any aspect of our life lord we choose this moment oh lord to accept oh lord and for you you are praying and you're saying lord i want you to open your mouth and to recommit and say lord i commit to my family i commit to my mother i commit to my father i commit to the poor i commit to taking care of my children open your mouth and begin to make a commitment as it is stated in the book of luke chapter 9 verse 62 commit and say lord my hand is on the plow again one more time i refuse to look back i stay focused it may not go my own way but i choose to stay in the things of god open your mouth and begin to declare ask for the grace to keep up with the covenant responsibility the covenant responsibility has been made available your business is to be awakened to that so that you can enjoy all-round prosperity all-round victory and all-round openness open your mouth and begin to pray father lord we thank you thank you jesus thank you father in Jesus' name of prayer. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.